Hey guys, welcome back to the Nickel and Brime Package Podcast. We're here to talk about week four. What a crazy week four it was, Mr. Nick. <laughs> Why, yes, it was, Mr. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Those pass rushes were great now. That's exactly what we want to do right there. Hey, what defense is that? Sprout left exit, Richard Nixon. Hell no. It's the Nickel and Brian package. Ooh, I like that. I like it. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Brian. So I'm going to let you start off this time on our fact check. I think that's a good call because most of the facts that I kind of throwing out last week were the whole Patrick Mahomes stat where he could throw 600 yards and six touchdowns in his last indoor game. Uh, that was completely false. Mm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he didn't do anything close to that. I mean, he went over the halfway mark on the yardage, but zero touchdowns. Very disappointing. Yeah, he actually broke a streak of multiple touchdown passes. Yeah, I uh, let's just say I wasn't too excited about that streak being broken. But um, going sure, yeah. forward, let's hope he scores a little more touchdowns every week. <laughs> and then I claimed that Wayland's QB, Wayland could bench his entire team, and both of his QBs could cover Evans scoring and I might have gotten ahead of myself a little bit on how bad Evans team was but that was definitely not the case Wayland's quarterbacks combined for 32 points and Evans entire team scored way over 100 so the reason I wanted you to take care of the fact check here is because I think those were more takes than they were. <laughs> well, facts. I th- I think the Patrick Mahomes thing was a little bit of a fact, and then I think you're right about the whole Wayland's two quarterback take. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was real spicy, but <laughs> it was a take. I think more than a fact presented as fact, but that's why I, I let you have it. So, all right, thanks, man. Yeah, you, you bet. You bet. So let's go ahead and talk about some recent news, and we've got a lot to cover. And so we're going to try to move through this along. But we had a lot of injuries, and some were bigger than others. But let's just talk about the quarterbacks first. Um, We saw Mitch Trubisky go out with a shoulder injury, and uh, Chase Daniel ended up taking over that game. And Josh Allen was knocked out with a concussion in uh, from the Bills game. So those were the the first two injuries, uh, quarterbacks wise, that we saw. We saw a couple of receivers go down: Christian Kirk with an ankle injury, John Ross with a shoulder injury, and was actually just put on IR. I believe it was today. Yeah, um, it was today. T.J. Hawkinson also suffered a concussion. So a couple of pass catchers in there. And I think you would like to say something about Mr. Sasquatch Barkley. <laughs> this really sucks because I'm getting all this good vibes and I don't own him anymore. I'm not against the guy for coming back healthy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that guy that like wishes bad things on people. So I hope Sasquatch comes back big as burly as ever. And he just puts up tons of points for Jake's team. I just picture him coming back and his quads are like the twice the size of what they normally are. He's like, yeah, check me out now. Not ever going to get hurt again. 
That'll teach you for trading me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of gave you some crap in our Slack channel because I was like, oh, what? You mean like the superhuman Saquon yeah. Barkley was able to return a lot sooner than normal mortal people could? I think it's more of like the team as a whole is trying to not tank. They just got a new rookie quarterback. And the the last thing they want is their franchise running back to be injured, you know. So they're I think they're trying to mentally operate as like, oh, he's almost back this week. He's almost back this week. <laughs> so I think that's more of I can buy into that more than him being super Wolverine. I think he's got to be at least part Wolverine, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then one more injury that we we noticed was Steven Goskowski. He also, the, the New England Patriots kicker, got put on IR. Was that also today? I think I saw. That, that was also today, which was kind of a shocker. I didn't watch that game, really. So I don't know if he made it through the game or not. I, yeah, I don't either. Must have slipped in the shower. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> we did have a pretty significant suspension. Vontae's perfect was suspended for the remainder of the season. Was anybody really shocked by the suspension length though? I'm very surprised that he's not put on the commissioner's exempt list. Yeah. They really need to like interview him and try to figure out why he does these things. Like, why is he leaning with his head? Why is he aiming for the other player's head? It's it's very clear. It's on it's on tape. It's on on the game film. All right. And in the Redskins news, we saw that Dwayne Haskins finally got some time as quarterback. So let me ask you, Brian, is it Dwayne Haskins time? So I definitely don't think it is. I think it was just one of those show what he has like just throw him in there and show everybody that it's not Dwayne Haskins time um I looked at the game I wasn't able to look uh, watch it real time but I looked at the the recordings of it and I saw that he was missing a lot of his throws and a lot of his reads but that also might be just the fact that he's a rookie I definitely think Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback this week yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's Dwayne Haskins time just yet. I wouldn't be surprised maybe a little bit later in the season if it is. But for now, I think that he doesn't really give him the best chance to win. And he looks of course a that, lot like Jameis Winston, his his rookie year, where he's just trying to do the big plays only and not take the easy check downs. Yeah, it could be part of the way that he was groomed at Ohio State, just being the fact that that team was so much better than just about everybody Explosive. else. Explosive. Yeah. All right, so we've got three trades that we want to talk about. We had Woo! three. We had one to go through shortly after we released our preview episode, and that was a trade between Dylan and Waylon. And I know you had some pretty strong feelings about it. I definitely did. I didn't think that Dylan got. Uh, value for Devonte Adams here, but uh, what's really funny is now that we can talk about this in hindsight, David Montgomery should be the the bell cow there eventually, but he didn't produce this week, and he got twenty one carries and didn't produce. So that's actually really telling of 
how shitty of a running back he is. So <laughs> in, enjoy that, Waylon. And also, uh, Devontae Adams is injured now. So turf toe, it seems. Yeah. So literally, that trade is the worst for Waylon, but he got the better players, I think. Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, the Devontae Adams, I think I had mentioned too, it, I'm trying to remember it was Mark, I think when we had talked about our draft episode and I had said that I would have taken Devontae Adams in Mark's shoes instead of Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I think pretty highly of Devontae Adams. But I think during the game, the commentators were poo-pooing on David Montgomery and they were saying like, he's actually not that good. He just loves to jump and it looks like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> it was uh, something like that. I don't know where I heard that. He at, loves but... to jump. <laughs> well, like like the jump cuts, you know, like he'll like yeah, come yeah, up and you. stop and then yeah. he'll jump cut and then it'll look like he's elusive, but he's really not. He just gets tackled. Yeah. I just I was picturing a guy playing like Madden where he's just hitting the Y button <laughs> and just like constantly jumping. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so basically to wrap up this the shitty trade that shouldn't happen it was Marlon Mack and MVS I think that's pretty good for Dylan I'm not a big fan of Marlon Mack I mean he's he's a beast when he's healthy but I honestly don't think he's healthy right now so going forward I don't know how well he'll contribute to his team I think it's kind of like a toss up because Devontae Adams is injured Marlon Mack's borderline injured and then the other two, I think Dylan can plug in MVS in his flex over. Waylon can't really plug in David Montgomery. So I think overall, yeah, but, I think Dylan won in the long run, but Waylon got the better of Devontae Adams. Yeah, bringing up the long run is a good point too because Marlon Mack is a ninth round keeper. So yeah, I mean at that as well. So so the next two trades that we want to talk about were trades that you had made. You made one with Jake and then one with Dylan. We'll talk about your trade with Jake first and it was kind of a bit of a blockbuster, I think we would say. Yeah, I I think this is probably the biggest trade I've made in a long time. I think the only reason it went through was because we made this podcast. We had talked about how I was wanting a trade for Barkley and I think Jake listened to it sent me the trade and we made it happen i'm actually really big into baker mayfield and i know the next trade might say different but <laughs> i really like baker mayfield and i really like tyrell williams ever since ab left oakland mm -hmm. i was so sure that saquon was going to be out for a while right and then i thought that evan reached on Dwayne haskins in our draft at round 10 or 11 and so Baker's a round 15 keeper. So mm -mm. I thought that's a hands down win in my book. And then James White's producing now. So that's beating out Barkley. And then James Washington could potentially be the best wide receiver on that team with Mason Rudolph because they played in college together. So that's kind of what I was selling. And I think Jake was buying that because obviously the trade went through. But I like Tyrell Williams way more. He's basically the new Eric Decker where he just scores a touchdown every week. Yeah, double digits every week he's played so far. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Solid so floor. I, I don't know who won this trade. Like, now that all this positive Barkley shit's coming out, but like I told you earlier, I think it's all just team propaganda of like, hey, we got... Let's not give up. We got a rookie 
quarterback, so let's let's keep the good vibes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I say if Barkley misses fewer than four weeks, I think Jake wins this trade. If he doesn't... Yeah, I'm kind of on the same wagon. I think if Barkley misses less than four weeks and actually produces and does not re-injure, then I think then he'll he'll win the trade because I think if he come if he rushes back, which this is obviously sounds like it's a rush back situation because they don't want the first season that Daniel Jones has started to be a lost season, you know, I think potentially if he does produce then then I have lost a trade with Jake. <laughs> well, let's talk about your trade with with Dylan because we're going to see some familiar names in this trade. And let me just run it down real quick. Uh, this is who Dylan gave you. Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, I got and Sam Darnold. You got Scary Terry. <laughs> and in exchange for those, you gave up Josh Gordon, James White, and Baker Mayfield, which were two, you know, James White and Baker Mayfield were two guys you had just gotten from Jake. So basically the way I see this is... Um, for my team specifically, I have Jameis Winston as a 10th round keeper. And that's looking more and more Carson Palmer-ish. You know, where Bruce Arians came in, Carson Palmer, historically not a good quarterback, threw a lot of interceptions. Now, Jameis Winston throws a lot of interceptions, and now he's really kind of turning the boat around. I really like Jameis. I have a good keeper in... Jameis, so I don't technically need Baker. And then I also have a good keeper in Chris Godwin. And then also Terry fucking McLaurin. I'm sorry I just cursed right there, but God, I've been I've been trying to get Terry for so long. So so long. <laughs> and I honestly think that Terry will be a top three round pick. In next year's draft. Yeah, so he'll be picked within the top three rounds. So I think he'll be like maybe not top three, but like top four. So he'll be like essentially like Chris Godwin. Okay. And then Calvin really has great upside. It's just, we haven't seen it. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't really, really, really been watching those games. I probably should have done that before I traded, but <laughs> Dylan, but Dylan wanted Gordon with James white to stack with Brady. So I didn't really like care. I was like, that's like a whatever. Both players are kind of like the same, you know, like they both could produce. Sure. But I think Calvin Ridley has more um, boom weeks than Josh Gordon could. But Josh Gordon's a, a last round keeper. So potentially if he gets the shit together, Josh Gordon could be amazing. And then Sam Darnold. I thought Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield were kind of like a swap skis at this point. We obviously haven't seen what Sam Darnold can do, and there's so much hype surrounding him. He's mm -hmm. not as good a keeper as Baker Mayfield. I also think that Baker Mayfield figured some shit out this weekend. The fact that like before, it was all Nick Chubb scoring all the touchdowns, and then this week, he, he connected with Landry. Um, there was like crossing patterns, um, and then getting people open, and then he found Ricky Seals-Jones. And I think that the whole Cleveland offense is going to start clicking like crazy. So I think Odell, in your case, is going to start seeing some serious production coming in the next couple weeks. I hope so. I will say, though, he Baker uh, it, on the topic of Baker Mayfield, he has thrown one exactly one touchdown pass in every game this year, which is 
kind of interesting. But I, I'm with you. I think Baker is going to be trending up. And I just want to say for like maybe one minute, we analyzed the combined trades that you made. And, and basically, this is what it boils down to. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear this. I... I know where you're going with this, and I hate it already. Like, I just want—I just want to—I just want to. I told Dylan this. I told Dylan I'm basically trading Saquon for for Terry McLaurin and Sam Darnold. <laughs> like, I, all right. So James Washington, Dwayne Haskins, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Gordon for Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Sam Darnold, and Tyrell Williams. Pretty interesting. I'll just—I'll just leave it at that. So as far as who won the trade, I don't honestly know if I want to say who won. I feel like this one we're going to have to wait for probably a few weeks, kind of like the same deal with Saquon. We're going to be waiting for a couple weeks to see really what happens with him. I feel like it, right off the bat, I want to say that Dylan won this trade because Gordon, White, and Mayfield can all produce right now. McLaurin's been injured. Darnold's had mono. Um, and Ridley actually had a decent week this past week, I want to say, or, or with it, no, it's, he's had, he no, yeah, it wasn't this week, but uh, recently he's had a decent week. So really the only person who is performing currently is Ridley where McLaurin is injured and Darnold's right. sick. So uh, in the short term, I think Dylan won this, but I will have to see what happens with Terry. If he ends up being a really valuable keeper for you, which it seems like he could be. I I'm, I'm very, very adamant that I think Terry McLaurin is the new Odell Beckham jr. In the sense that, um, when, when Waylon snagged him off the way waiver wire, he was super productive for that entire rookie season. Well, not the entire, but like a couple weeks into it. And then his next couple, and then he started becoming injury prone, you know, so I really think that Terry McLaurin is going to be an amazing player. And then I think Sam Darnold's going to be great too. And I mean, at that point, you know, they're both bench quarterbacks. So I, I don't really think I lost the trade per se, like you're saying, but I definitely think I took the, the longer path because I was able to being four and zero. Sure. And Terry McLaurin, Indianapolis kid, just throwing that out there. All right. So, we spent a lot of time talking about trades and news. So real quick, I want to talk about these NFL games and just the recaps. I will say this, Brian, I watched very little football this weekend. It was a pretty busy weekend. Sarah and I bought living room furniture. Basically, we we were at the True Value City or something like that. Value City Furniture. Yeah, and then the sales guy was like, like 40 50 years old and he he had the personality of like a rock and it was <laughs> it was it was interesting we'll just say that we spent the entire day there because we were trying to figure out what's best for our living room what matched best and then all of this get get all the financing done so I watched a lot of the afternoon games and the late night game and then this the Monday night game, but I did go through the highlights and stuff, so I was able to kind of catch some of the more higher profile narratives that went on in some of these games. So 
I'm kind of right there with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to run through these game scores and everything. Feel free to chime in if you've got anything special to say. I, I know I'll say maybe a couple things. So first game of the week, the Thursday night game was the Eagles versus the Packers, and the Eagles actually pulled off the road win 34 to 27 in Buffalo, New England did pull out the win, but as we talked about, we didn't see this being a blowout, and we thought maybe it had the potential for being a low-scoring game, which it was. It was 16-10 pats over the Bills. That was extremely predictable, I, I, I think, because six of those points from New England was a defensive touchdown, and the Bills' defense is legit. They are. The only game that I watched in almost its entirety was the Tennessee Atlanta game and the Titans were able to pull that win off 24 to 10. Looked like Mariota had a pretty solid day. I will say I had a pretty <laughs> long um, cross country meet that I was at that morning. So I actually fell asleep in the second half and, and missed part of it. But through three first half touchdown passes looked really solid. And so I'm hoping that he can keep that up. But the defense was really solid. I definitely think that it's A.J. Brown that's doing wonders for him. A.J. Brown was one of the top-ranked wide receivers in this class. There's a reason for it. I mean, th this guy is a monster for the yards after the catch. Like, every single highlight you see of him, he one of the DBs come up, try to tackle him, and they just he just shakes him off and runs for another 30 yards every single time. And... This is only going to add to Mariota's value, which you should be extremely happy about. QB1 right now, just letting you know. He's ranked 11th in our league currently. Wow, that's that's, that's crazy to think. <laughs> Moving on, I love Mariota, but we'll, we'll talk about him some other time. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Cleveland, 40, Baltimore, 25. And I guess the Browns offense finally kind of figured something out about themselves, seems like. Yeah, it's kind of what I was talking about with the whole Baker thing. I mean, Nick Chubb accounts for 21 points here. Let's not, let's not get away from that. I mean, Nick Chubb's a monster. He had an 88-yard touchdown run. Oh, my God. Interesting about Nick Chubb on that touchdown run, they compared his top speed to the average speed of Christian Coleman, who just won the 100-meter world title. And I... I laughed pretty hard at that because average speed and top speed are two totally different things. But anyway, yeah. Nick Chubb is fast. He's just not world-class fast on a track. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a heck of a player, and that 88-yard touchdown scamper was pretty impressive. I definitely think the entire Cleveland offense figured something out this week. And like I was kind of alluding before, I think... Odell's going to have a lot more positive games here because I think what this is, is they're trying to figure out how to scheme people open. Yeah. Interestingly, you talked about Odell Beckham. He had 20 yards receiving in that game, which was a career low in a game that he did not Yikes. get injured in. Pretty interesting. But Kansas City actually knocked off Detroit 34 to 30. And as you had mentioned earlier, Brian, uh, Patrick Mahomes had a solid passing yardage day, but no touchdowns. But they still scored 34 points, and it was kind of a close one there at the end. I thought the Lions were going to pull it off, but unfortunately, they did not. Unfortunately for them, they did not. I, I didn't have a horse in this race, but. Detroit, oh my goodness. Kerryon Johnson fumbled this game away. I don't know if you saw that. It sounds like you probably didn't, but they were on the goal line. He fumbled. And so this easily could have been a Detroit victory if Kerryon Johnson didn't fumble. 
So that's something cautious, Coop, going forward is hopefully they keep lining him up in the goal line formations. But if he keeps fumbling away the stuff, Matt Patricia comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree. He'll bench him. <laughs> I really like Ty Johnson. I keep picking him up and dropping him. No one else pick him up and drop him. Uh, trademark by Brian Sheldon. <laughs> Carolina knocked off Houston 16 to 10. The Raiders came in here to Indianapolis and did the Titans a favor, took out the Colts 31 to 24. The Chargers, in a surprise to nobody, blew out the Miami Dolphins 30 to 10. And maybe a little interesting here, but the Giants defeated the Redskins pretty easily. Redskins only put up three points in this game. It was 24. This was just the quarterback thing, like mid mid game, case game couldn't finish it. They just throw. They honestly should have thrown Colt McCoy, and he probably wasn't active. Yeah, I don't think he was. So that's probably what happened. He threw a nasty pick, and they at I think it was at the twenty yard line on their side, and then they just ran it in for a touchdown. So this is like a whatever game. I think that's exactly what this game is. <laughs> it's so much whatever. Seattle beat Arizona twenty-seven to ten. And in probably at least my surprise of the week, I don't know about yours, Tampa Bay went to Los Angeles and put up 55 points to the Rams 40. And Jared Goff threw over 500 yards passing, turned it over a handful of times, but 500 yards passing and lost the game. Pretty crazy. I think the Rams, who were obviously in the Super Bowl last year and looking at potentially being another Super Bowl contender this year, looked at this game on their schedule and thought, oh, we got this in the bag. Tampa Bay at home, and then they lose by 15 points. I don't know. I was pretty surprised. Well, I I believe this was one of the games that I said I was excited about, and you were like, oh, really? Like, what? And I definitely think that we saw a level up in the Tampa Bay offense here. I mean, I was talking about it with Bruce Arians earlier. I... <laughs> Like you were talking really, to Bruce Arians earlier <laughs> about Bruce Arians earlier. Oh, okay. All right, all right. In the kind of system he brings, in the experience, uh, Brian Leftwich, I think, has done a great job with Jameis. Honestly, Jameis is a new guy. Like, I don't, I don't know if you saw any of his um, the stuff that happened in his off season. He got married. He has a kid now, so he's grown ass man now. And so I think he's really taken all this knucklehead shit off the field stuff and put it in a bag and kicked it off of uh, off a bridge so i definitely think that this offense is a new arizona offense that bruce arians ran with carson palmer and i think chris godwin is the new larry fitzgerald of his offense and i love it mike evans had a shitty game until one soft oopsies and marcus peters let him get a touchdown <laughs> so i was super on point this game with the whole mike evans can't play against good corner not so subtle pat on the back there to brian oh yeah not so subtle. very very <laughs> very unsubtle go on a far less exciting game than that one was the chicago minnesota game and chicago came out on top 16 to 6 Chase Daniel took over for the injured Mitch Trubisky, and I'm just going to say it. I'm not too excited about Chase Daniel, but 
he might be an upgrade from Mitch Trubisky so far this year. So maybe that's exactly what I was going to say. Is he better than Mitchell Trubisky? I think he's going to be better for them in real football and about Mm -hmm. as mediocre in fantasy football. So I definitely think that Mitchell Trubisky is better than Chase Daniels in fantasy football. But I think Chase Daniels will be better for the assets there for fantasy football than Mitchell Trubisky will, if that makes any sense. I think I follow you. So like Allen Robinson, I think gets a bump. I think everyone else outside of Chase Daniels gets a bump because <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky's not there. Because Mitchell Trubisky doesn't know how to throw the ball accurate. No disagreements here. The Jacksonville Jaguars went into Mile High Stadium and won 26-24. to The dang Broncos just could not finish that game out. Minshew is a god. I'm really proud of Jacksonville for leaning into the Minshew madness. Minshew mania. Yeah, that's what it was, where they started selling headbands and mustaches for home games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This dude just reminds me so much of Uncle Rico. And I think that's already been a comparison that's been made. <laughs> I definitely think that if Nick Foles comes back, I don't think he's going to be starting because honestly, why would you? Like this mm-hmm. dude is your franchise quarterback now. So Ethan just picked up a waiver wire franchise quarterback on his bench. I don't know. They still they paid Nick Foles very well. So I guess that I would be anything. I'd, well, maybe it's all. It, I mean, at at this point, Jacksonville's not a contender for the Super Bowl. Why like why throw Nick Foles in there when you can just have Minshew? I mean they're two and two. They're not out of the Super Bowl yet, you know, and Nick Foles has one Super Bowl MVP. I don't remember how many Gardner Minshew has, but I think it's less than one. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. The Sunday night game was the Saints and Cowboys, and it was interesting, but not. I guess I would say 12 to 10, the Saints pulled it off and there was one touchdown in this game. It was a Zeke Elliott plunge from the goal line. I guess I don't really have anything more to say about it. (laughs) Do you? So I don't. (laughs) (laughs) The Monday night game was the Steelers and Bengals. And I had said this was kind of interesting because neither team had won yet. And I guess we just found out that the Bengals are even worse than we thought they were. And they they put put up put up a measly three points on the Steelers. So uh, Steelers twenty seven, Bengals three. The Steelers defense looked pretty solid, I will say, and they did some pretty weird things on offense too. But can't complain with an uh, with a win in, in that case. So congrats to the Steelers. You're no longer winless. <laughs> also, um, I don't know if you have Jalen Samuels in any of your leagues on ESPN. It sounds like this is the only league that you have, right? It is. I have no extra time this year. So (laughs) let me kind of give you a quick, 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 quick uh, preview of what Matthew Barry is shoving down Jalen Samuels' owner's throats. And it's that he's flexible. Like, you're able to play him because he's doing the wildcat. And, like, he's throwing passes, you know, and receiving passes. So it's... I I don't trust it. I mean, if you're in a pinch, obviously, you know, we're kind of talking outside of our league at this point because I own Jalen Samuels. I'm not starting him. 
So with that, that's all the games that happened in the NFL season uh, this week. So we've got some fantasy recaps to go over. And first was Luke versus Matt, and Luke pulled off the victory. We both sort of had picked Luke to win this one, but I do think it it was a little bit closer than maybe we thought. But we did both say that we we thought Luke would win that game. Technically an upset, but not really. Matt had a lot of hard matchups, and he so did. this doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Our second game was Mark versus Taylor, and I can't help but notice that Mark didn't score 170 points this week. <laughs> he lost to Taylor. Taylor only put up 99.1, but Mark only put up 88.6. So, yeah. Thanks, Mark. I definitely think... Mark's team was potentially a fluke. I agree. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. I might have ranked him a little high last week. <laughs> Our third game of the week was Dylan and Ethan. And let me just ask you this. I already know your answer, but is Ethan legit this year? I think we both owed Ethan a sincere apology. Because <laughs> I thought we both thought probably everyone in the league thought Ethan's team was the absolute bad, like or worse. I, I I I say the absolute bad because you know my team is super bad. That's his name, right? So um, I definitely think that Ethan's team is legit. And I if 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 I go to standings, I do believe he's the fourth. Yep, he is the fourth ranked team in our league. And he is also the fourth overall scoring team in our league. So this is not a fluke. Yeah, he's had at least four weeks of pretty solid production. I'm just mind blown, man. I, you know, I I don't really know what else to say. Ethan, I gave you a much higher ranking and we're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, I still just don't know how this is happening. But I guess I'm forced to just accept it. It's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's doing great, but and Josh and, and Jacoby Brissett is actually playing good. Yeah, yeah, he's sitting as QB thirteen right now, which is I think better than most of us would have expected from him at this point. Uh, and then Goff, like we said, had threw for five hundred yards this week. So obviously that's not going to happen every week. But if he can still score in the twenties or even high teens, Ethan's team is looking solid. So. Ethan, you almost doubled up Dylan, and yes, it was Dylan, but you almost doubled him up, and so I've moved you up accordingly. Uh, congrats, my man. The next game of the week was me versus Derek. We kind of both talked about this. We thought that Derek had a, a better situation last week, and he did. He scored 134 to my 115, so Derek pulled out that win. Yeah, I didn't really have m- many points until the Monday night game. Uh, yeah. I think I called you out on this game like you were going to lose because I think you were 2 and 1 or something like that and you had the third lowest points or something and definitely half of the points on your team was scored by Mason Rudolph, James Conner and the Pittsburgh defense. So I think this this was just such a weird week for me and not really in a good way. But Derek had some pretty decent matchups for the most part and just a pretty solid performance from his team. So he was able to defeat me and moves to three and one sitting third right now. Congrats, my man, Coop. 
Our second to last game is Evan and Waylon. And to nobody's surprise, Waylon was able to win this game. He was the second highest point scorer this week with 188, while Evan only scored 102. And in the last game of the week, I think one that you're most excited about, maybe I'm wrong, but it was Brian versus Jake. Brian pulled off the win and did, in fact, double up Jake. Jake did not upset me. (laughs) He did not upset you. Uh, Brian just barely broke the 200-point barrier with 200.9 points, and then Jake put up 96.2. When's the last time we had a 200-point score? Um, I want to say we had one either last year or the year before. I don't think we did, dude. I think I am the very first 200-point scorer. I don't feel like that's accurate, but I'll check that and... We'll put it this way. I'm saying that there has been another 200-point score, and so if I'm wrong, I'll put it on the fact check next week. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, congrats to you. It was, again, a weird week because you had a ton of points from... I mean, you had over 70 points alone from Winston and Chris Godwin. I don't think you can necessarily expect that every week, but you did have a down week from Patrick Mahomes by Patrick Mahomes standards. So I don't know. It's kind of like I said, just a bit of a weird week. Was, was also a low week from Camara as well. If one player goes off and the other one doesn't, it's okay right. because the points are still equal. You know? Yeah. We um, overall were a hundred percent on our predictions for our Thursday episode because uh, I was listening back through it and we definitely nailed it. We did. Virtual high five, my man. <laughs> yep, yep. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about our power rankings. And I'm just going to say this. I got a little bit lazy this week, and I didn't want to go back and look at ESPN's rankings. Also, the fact that their rankings don't really change. They're kind of more traditional power rankings in that I think they look at your win-loss record, but they also look at your team. And so they don't really change much from one week to the next. So I kind of threw ESPN's out. I didn't also want to have to aggregate a third judge so we've got a little bit bigger changes this week than we probably otherwise would have had and so um i'll just say this at the top the one two three brian waylon and Derek are all the same from last week the number four spot we did it a pretty big jump we did it moved up seven ranks and that is our dear friend ethan (laughs) we did it ethan previously ranked 11th Now ranked fourth. I like I said, I'm just swallowing my it's not pride. I don't know what it is. I'm just accepting the fact that Ethan's players who I thought were awful are good. You're just a week late, man. Like I I was on this bandwagon last week. I think Ethan seems legit with Koopy Cup. And I mean now you're on the bandwagon. I think Ethan is a potential playoff team, so he has a lot to look forward to going forward. I just want to say I've always been a fan of Ethan's. I am not a bandwagon Ethan. <laughs> Says the guy that raked him 11th last week. <laughs> we had a three-way tie for fifth, and those three people were me, Taylor, and Matt. Basically, what this boiled down to is I moved down one spot from four to five. Taylor has been five for the last couple weeks, and Matt moved up one spot from sixth. So you actually ranked Matt a little bit higher than I had him. You had him ranked fifth. I think I had him ranked seventh. This was a week after you had described his team as bubblegum 
paper clips, and then you added a piece of string in there later. So I definitely think that he's really MacGyvered real hard on that waiver wire. I mean, that's the only reason I'm giving him this much credit because he was able to drop, you know, Josh Rosen for Chase Daniels, which has a fantastic matchup. He was able to pick up Robbie Anderson, which I think now that Sam Darnold's back has a potential top 15, top 20 upside. And so I definitely think Matt's really doing his best to keep his team afloat. And to be honest with you, I think that's like best management award right there. He hasn't made any trades. He's done everything he can to stay as competitive as possible with all the, you know, adversity that he's had to face with injuries. So that's why I ranked him that high. I just think he's a great fantasy manager. He is. He is. He's done a really good job. And the the seventh ranking was not a not indicative of my appreciation for Matt's fantasy football skill. I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) In eighth was Luke. He moved up two spots from 10th. That's just Austin Hooper, dude. Austin Hooper has been a boss. That's just Austin Hooper elevating Luke's team. Mark moves down three spots from 6th to ninth. He shouldn't have been that high in the first place, so this is just him going back down. (laughs) <laughs> He's a bit of an imposter, I guess, last week. <laughs> so Jake falls two spots from eighth to tenth. And we did see, as we mentioned, he he made that trade for Saquon Barkley. So maybe Jake will be moving back up the, the ladder a bit. He does have Wayne Gallman in the meantime. So looks like he'll have some production from Giants running backs. Yeah, that was a fantastic pickup by him. And I definitely think that if Saquon comes back, he'll be definitely shooting up the ranks, especially if. Deshaun Watson starts producing like he like we've known him to. Indeed. Evan, my man, sorry to tell you, you fell two <laughs> spots as well from ninth to eleventh. I don't know, Evan. I don't know how to help your team, man. He's got some talented players or some some good fantasy assets. It's just I guess not enough. That's all I would say about Evan's team. I hate his entire team. <laughs> Well, you just ate Mike Evans, especially, especially Mike Evans and his running back, his quarterbacks suck and just his running backs suck. I just don't like his team. He drafted a terrible team, in my opinion, and he's really uh, he's he's actually the Ethan like he's the bad case scenario for Ethan right now. Hmm. Well, Evan, feel free to shoot me a trade, man. I don't hate you, so <laughs> don't shoot me any of your garbage, Evan. <laughs> Uh, and then in 12th is, um, well, it's Dylan. And he didn't move up or down. He's he's still in 12th. I honestly think that Dylan can move up above Evan. <laughs> so I don't I, know, I, man. I, Another 70-point 70, 70 week. It's going to be tough. I know. He's not scoring a lot, but I think now that he has Baker and a little other pieces after this trade, I think his team improved. So... Yeah, in Dylan's defense, he was driving back from St. Louis and missed the fact that Terry McLaurin was not able to play. So he took a zero from Terry, and I think he would have at least gotten something. Maybe if you put Ridley in or somebody else, he would have at least gotten something. So would have been a little bit higher in points. But all right, moving on to our superlatives, we had a points champion again of Brian. And as he claims, he's the first person ever to hit 200 points. I'll double check on that one. but. For now, he's the first person to ever hit 200 points, I guess. So, Brian, points Woo-hoo. champion, congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. I want to stay points leader away from Waylon. 
points loser was our friend Dylan. Unfortunately, had another really subpar week. So takes on the point loser title, if you will. Second week in a row, Dylan. Way Second to go. week in a row. Yeah, that's painful. The bad call of the week goes to Waylon for not starting AJ Brown. I will say he doesn't have very many receptions on the year, but he was the highest scoring bench player this week. And so I kind of fought Nick on this, Waylon. I definitely think it should have been Matt with benching Joe Flacco and starting um, Josh Rosen instead. Because my whole argument was if Matt had started Joe Flacco, he would have won his matchup against Luke. You never would have started AJ Brown. So that's why I don't think it was a bad call. But Matt definitely could have started Joe Flacco over Josh Rosen. I think it was a bad call because he could have had points champion this week. Something interesting there. (laughs) And we're going on Brian's math here because he he did this one and I I didn't. He calculated out the overachiever of the week, which was himself. He was 58 points over his projection. It's very easy to do this when half the league or actually over half the league doesn't even live up to their actual projection. Mm, That's very true. Very true. Scoring was down for the most part. Except for you and Waylon and Ethan. Yeah, a lot of people didn't even make it to their projections. So this was extremely easy. Yeah. So our notable waivers. This is Brian's list of waivers that he noticed. We did end up adding in because we're releasing this episode a little bit later. These included this week's waivers, not just last week's. So Jake added Wayne Gallman, as we already mentioned. Evan added Deontay Johnson, who seems to be the favorite target of Mason Rudolph, which is kind of surprising. Dylan added Keyshawn Johnson. Derek picked up Daryl Williams, and he promptly scored him two short yardage touchdowns in his defeat of myself. Waylon picked up Paul Richardson, and is there some trash you want to say about this? Well, I think it was more of, so Terry was out, and then so Paul Richardson was looking like a tasty snack on the waiver wire. We put this on here because he doesn't really make any waiver wire moves anymore. So I I thought it was pretty significant when he drops somebody and picks somebody up. He's he's a lot like Luke, where they, they just don't make that many moves. Derek picked up Auden Tate, who is a receiver for the Bengals. Which I thought was very good because, especially now with that news that... I mean, it, I thought it was good before the news came out that John Ross went on IR. So now it's even better news. A little bit of forward-looking, Coop. Nice job, man. We'll see what happens with that. And as you, in in the words of Brian, Matt was a wizard with some pickups of Robbie Anderson and Chase Daniel, as you've already mentioned. It it only cost him $20 in free agent budget, but could be significant grabs, especially in this quarterback-needed area that he has right now. He's he's down Cam Newton, so Chase Daniel might be a decent fill-in for him. I think so. And then Jake grabbed Colt McCoy, who could potentially be starting this week because Case Keenum is not going to be available, it looks like. All right, so we're going to be recording a preview episode again this week, and we hope that you'll listen to that. Hopefully I did a decent job (laughs) editing that bad boy. Uh, I I feel like I did a good job. Uh, Sounds like everyone's pretty pleased with it. I thought it was pretty funny throughout the intro and the outro. So looking forward to doing some more editing on that again. 
All right, guys, with that, we'll catch you in the preview episode, which is going to release shortly after this episode, and we hope you enjoy. Thank you all for listening, and uh, have a great Thursday night football game. See ya. Bye. I sit around in my room here. I was so happy to see this. Boof! I love the Nickel and Grime Package Podcast. Well, I definitely think in the super laxatives, we can talk a little bit more about it. (laughs) Super laxatives? Superlatives. I I honestly don't know for sure, but do you happen to know if Vontaze Perfect was the one who took out Ryan Shazier? Ooh, um, (laughs) off the top of my head, I don't know. But that's very interesting, and I'm looking it up for right now. I want to say he wasn't, but at the same time, he was definitely on the team at that time. It was not Ryan Shazier because he's a defensive player, and both defenses cannot be on the I was hoping maybe he just showed up. On the field at the same time? (laughs) Can you tell I'm sleep-deprived right now? I feel like the fact that we just allowed this to happen is really telling of our mental states right now. (laughs) Just so we're clear, Brian, I'm cutting this out.